Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April Zaire, and I'm an associate pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We'd also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Good morning, everyone. I'm sorry that Odorai and I can't be with you today. We were so looking forward to visiting with you in person. Unfortunately, Odorai tested positive for COVID a couple of days ago, and that means I'm likely contagious too. So I only get to visit you by proxy on the screen. Allow me to share this way with you what the Lord has in store for us today. Over the last few weeks, I've been working on a series titled Strength. And my hope and prayer is that today's message will help us strengthen our faith in our Father God, in Jesus Christ our Lord. Today I'll be sharing from Deuteronomy chapter 30. And mind you, as I was preparing for today, I realized that this passage will present some challenges. I think it will challenge us all. But first, let's pray. Almighty God, you have set before us your path, but we have wandered off on our own to try to find our way. Sometimes we're like toddlers. Other times we're like children testing boundaries. And still other times we are full of youthful rebellion, demanding to be cut loose and set free, not knowing how much we still need to seek your wisdom and guidance. But most of all, all too often we think we are adults and have figured it all out and know our own way, only to stumble and stray. Lord, help us to seek you every day, to acknowledge that we need your wisdom and guidance. And Lord, help us to return to the path, to your path, and walk it with you. In the name of Christ, who is our companion on this journey of faith, we pray. Amen. Friends, some of these challenges I mentioned are that our world favors and rewards individualism, autonomy, and independence. So much so that we often don't see the necessity of connectedness, of community, of dependence on God. God talks to us about this, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, where we see a resistance, even a flat rejection of Jesus' teaching. And that, well, quite honestly, that got me to thinking about how we live today, in our culture, in our society. And well, have you noticed? God's way seems to go against what the world favors and values, right? Okay, this section of scripture in Deuteronomy is where we witness the birth of the people of Israel, the coming into freedom and the searching for the promised land. 
This is where Moses talks to the people. They're on the plains of Moab. After reviewing God's laws for the next generation, Moses addresses the people for a third and final time to remind them that they have the choice to follow God or reject him. Moses is calling for a commitment, urging the people to honor the contract they had previously made with God. You see, knowing God's word isn't enough. We must actually obey it. <laughs> so first Moses reviewed the covenant in chapter 29. Then second in chapter 30, he called the people to return to the Lord. And then third, he outlines the choice. Every individual gets to choose. There's a choice for life or a choice for death. Moses says in Deuteronomy 30, verses 11 to 14. This is just before our scripture for today. This command I am giving you today is not too difficult for you, and it is not beyond your reach. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you must, so distant that you must ask, who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey? It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask, who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey? No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. <laughs> Friends, God has called us to keep his commands while reminding us that his laws are not hidden from us or beyond our reach. Have you ever complained that obedience is too difficult for a mere human? <laughs> Folks, that's really a lame excuse. God's laws are written in the Bible and are clearly stated there. Obeying them is reasonable, sensible, and beneficial. With that in mind, let's read God's word. If you have your Bible on hand, paper or digital, please open it to the Old Testament, to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. I will be reading verses 15 to 20. And I read from the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. Now listen. Today I am giving you a choice between life and death between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to inherit and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. 
O oh, that you would choose life, so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land. The Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Okay, I've had to chuckle at how Moses complains to God. <laughs> Listen to Exodus 4.10. But Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Well, based on today's scripture, I think Moses was actually a gifted orator. That is, if this passage is an indication. I think that the choices Moses, or rather God, offers are so clear. Choices of what makes life possible, life individually and also life together in community. Here in Deuteronomy 30 verses 15 to 20, people are told to make a life or death decision. Either they choose a life of obedience, keeping God's commandments as set out in the rest of this book of Deuteronomy. Or their deep pride. This is illustrated by the metaphor of walking in the way of the Lord. And that, friends, that was and is the way that leads to a life of happiness, success and prosperity in all one's endeavor. And by the way, I'm not talking monetary here. I'm talking spiritually. This is contrasted to going astray, turning one's heart away from God, not hearing, and so failing to keep the commandment to worship God alone. And that, folks, is, a, is to follow a road that leads to death, to suffering, disease, poverty, and failure. And again, I'm talking spiritually here. These two ways, these two paths, are vividly illustrated in Psalm 1. I'm not sure who the author was. It's likely that it was King David. He uses an image of the wicked being blown away like chaff in the wind. Psalm 1.4 says, But not the wicked, they are like worthless chaff, scattered by the wind. While the steadfast... Well, the steadfast are like a tree next to water, yielding fruit. Psalm 1 verse 3 says, They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Well, this might prompt us to look at our own lives, the way we are living today. Are we living our lives according to the plans God made for our lives? Or are we pushing away from him? Okay, there are three points I'd like us to consider in this passage. The first one, 
God allows us to decide. The second one, freedom to choose. And the third one, the key. The first one, God allows us to decide. When he created us in his own image, the ability to choose was primary among the characteristics with which he endowed us. In the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam and Eve everything they needed to sustain their life. But in the middle of the garden, he planted a tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The moment he did that, he provided with them, them with an opportunity to make a choice. They could heed his instructions and live forever in paradise, or they could eat of the forbidden fruit and die. Obviously, we know what their choice was and what consequences resulted for the rest of humanity. Let me give you another example. This was about 50 plus years ago when the following notice first appeared on cigarette packs. Warning, the Surgeon General has determined that cigarette smoking is dangerous to your health. It marked a turning point in our society. Suddenly we had to face the fact that the link between tobacco and lung cancer, as well as heart disease, high blood pressure, and a host of other diseases was scientifically established. Did people quit smoking tobacco when that warning appeared? Or do they continue to eat the fruit? Well, look around our own communities where we live, and we have the answer. Unfortunately, it is not only us whom we sometimes hurt through the misuse of our freedom to choose. There are people who we love that we hurt too. Secondhand smoke and other consequences of our decisions. So, friends, it is with great urgency that Moses called the people of Israel together and issued this earnest plea. Verse 15, I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. <laughs> the second point, freedom to choose. At this point in our scripture, Moses' life is fast drawing to a close. He put his whole heart into this final appeal to the Israelites. In Deuteronomy 29, he pleads, he warns. In the first part of chapter 30, God is ready to forgive and restore even those who have forsaken him. Starting in Deuteronomy 30, verse 1. In the future, when you experience all these blessings and curses, I have listed for you. And when you are living among the nations to which the Lord your God has exiled you, take to heart all these instructions. It's the truth. God has given them freedom. But many times that freedom is misused. For example, there's Sodom and Gomorrah. Because of their wrong choices, they distanced themselves so far from God 
that God sent his wrath. And you know what happened to them. Now, switching to the New Testament. Paul refers to Moses when he speaks of the accessibility of God's word in Romans 10, verses 5 to 8. He takes the thought and applies it to Christ, the word make, made flesh. It says there, For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, Don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say, who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again? In fact, it says, the message very, is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. The Apostle Paul was the first and possibly the greatest Christian theologian and missionary. He was the first to fully explain the death and resurrection of Christ as the focus of God's plan of salvation. God is not subject to the things which limit our understanding, right? Here in Deuteronomy 30 verses 15 to 20, God confronts them with the choice. Life, loving God and keeping his commands, or death, forsaking God, blessing or curse. The second half of verse 19 says, Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Did you notice here? The Bible teaches of God's sovereign right to choose those he will save. It also teaches that we need to take responsibility for our choices. Okay, the third, the key. And may this be the takeaway for today. In Revelation 1.18, the Bible says, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. The symbol of keys is, very, is a very apt symbol. In this instance, we hear of Jesus holding the keys of death and Hades. Our sins have convicted and sentenced us, but it is Jesus who holds the keys of death and the grave. He alone can free us from eternal bondage to the enemy. He alone has the power and authority to set us free from sin's control. We as believers don't have to fear death or the grave because Christ holds the keys to both. All we need to do is turn from sin and turn to him in faith. When we attempt to control our lives, to do it our way and disregard God, we set a course that leads directly away from God. But when we place our lives in Christ's hands, he restores us now and resurrects us later to an eternal relationship with him. 
Folks, the key to our lives is found in Deuteronomy 30 in the second half of verse 20. It's asking us to choose to love the Lord, to obey him, and to commit to living for him. Here's what it says. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. One of the keys to successful living is realizing that God has given us the opportunity to choose and that the obedience God is looking for is an active, living, breathing obedience. Friends, choosing Jesus will give us the strength to sin no more because Jesus has made his home in each one of us. Verse 20 of our text today mirrors what Jesus said in John 14, verses 22 to 24 and 27. Here's what it says, verse 22. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And this is the key, verse 23. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. One thing to remember. Without our hearts being grounded in his word, our passions, desires, thoughts, perceptions, and affections simply would not be aligned with God. We were created with free will, hearts, desires, and thoughts. Here's the key again. It's found in the explanation Jesus gives in John 14, verse 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Friends, the truth of this passage in John is that every part of our lives needs to be filtered and refined, refined through our relationship with God. When we first gave our hearts to God, he filled us with the Holy Spirit who speaks to us and leads us in truth, God's truth. As we read the Bible, as we read his word, the Holy Spirit will guide us. He will enable us to understand it and live out God's ways. And that brings me to what Jesus said in Matthew 22, verses 37 to 39, where he said, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus' interpretation of God's commandments stands on the side of life. Jesus and his followers as Jews were well aware of the requirements of Deuteronomy. Therefore, he called them to act and to obey as a way to choose life. Choosing life involves keeping God's commands and a clinging to God. Jesus reminds us that the Israelites were also expected to act in appropriate ways towards each other and God. The commands were not burdensome or impossible as they are often viewed by Christianity today, 
but they are a way to remain faithful and mark to mark religious identity and to respond to God's initiative. God does not force his will on anyone. He lets us decide whether to follow him or reject him. This decision is a life or death decision. God wants us to realize this, for he would like us all to choose life daily in each situation. He wants us to affirm and reinforce this commitment. Please think about the choices you've made, or maybe the choice you will make again today. So if you choose, I invite you to repeat after me. I promise from now on to love the Lord, to obey him, and to commit my life firmly to him. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, you have placed before us life and death, blessings and curses. Therefore, guide us to choose life. Follow your way. Let us be a people of reconciliation and integrity. And in all the paths we walk, may you hold us steady and close. May Christ Jesus bless us in every place we enter. May the Holy Spirit give us length of days and fullness of life. And so, Father God, we thank you for the key to life, life with you. Thank you, Lord, that all power, all glory, all honor is yours. Thank you, Lord, that you show us the choices and that you let us choose. But, Lord, help us through your Holy Spirit. Guide us every second of our lives. Help us to walk right and make the right choices in the small and in the big things. Lord, help us to obey the Holy Spirit as he whispers your ways and truths to us. Let us always be faithful to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.